Welcome to Their Very Best, a podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert professional musicians, despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Bill Noto. And I'm Waldron Faulkner. Thanks for joining us for wild, unsolicited opinions about... There. Isn't it Bon Iver? It is not. <laughs> False. It is not. I, I actually looked it up. I, I've always said Bon Iver and I thought that I had gotten it straight. And then I thought, that sounds awfully pretentious, Bon Iver. So, you know, maybe it is Bon Iver. But I tried that out on Mary and she was like, what are you talking about? Well, what does what the man from Michigan say? I'm pretty sure it's Bon Iver. Okay. That's good enough for me. Guy from, I mean, in this case, it's not far off the guy from Michigan being from Wisconsin. But (laughs) I know that you don't like to talk about the clandestine work you do for the agency, but I think it's nice of them to give you a couple of days free so that we could record an episode finally, you and me together. You're right. I don't like to talk about that, but I'm glad to be back with you and doing an episode in our traditional format. So this isn't just a tour of Bon Iver because it's also a concert review. And I don't know if I have given you proper thanks. The um, very besties need to know that you sent me on a special special assignment. And thank you for those tickets. Mary and I went earlier this month to see Boniver performing here in Portland, Maine at Thompson's Point, an outdoor concert venue. You're so welcome. I'm so glad you and Mary could go. Like, genuinely, that's awesome. I gotta tell you, one of the feelings I had, it was giant from the level of the sound to the production. Well, I mean, it wasn't like a lot of production, but like it was a major operation. Big, everything giant, big stage. They'd used every inch of it. Massive light show. I'd say restrained light show, but lights and smoke on the stage so that the lights would happen. And it was a professional operation. You know what we should do? We should start talking about the concert while we talk about music. I don't want to, because we got to get straight into the music here, right? And I haven't yet had time to tell you my, my sort of organizing principle. Oh, yeah. Which is still going to go chronologically, but remember when we talked about uh, Booker T. Jones and we were, it was sort of the road to the road from Memphis. It was like, how did we get to that album? Yes. And that was Martha's idea. I think she's taught poetry this way where it's like, what led up to this poem? Here's the poem. And then where did they go afterwards? And that was, that was her advice to me, how, you know, on maybe what we could try. And I want to do that again, but in this case, instead of like leading up to a place, we're going to start with the first album, For Emma, Forever Ago, and then go from there to see where he ends up going. And I say he because Bon Iver is really this one guy, Justin Vernon. So is that just a fancy way of saying we're going to go chronologically? It is, but, but I feel like the story of moving from that one place to where they are now is a story that has a... Arc of its own and, and deserves to be told as a as a story of a journey, as opposed to just here's what they did over the course of all these years. All right, how long have they been doing this thing? So, for Emma Forever Ago, the first album was recorded in 2000. Well, it was released in 2008. I found the press release, by the way, 
And I can tell you, the artists on stage, at least as declared in the press release, were Justin Vernon, Sean Carey, Jen Wasner, Mike Lewis, Matt McCoffin, and Andy Fitzpatrick. I, I can't tell you what each of those people do. We'll get to the concert in a minute. I want to play this song, The Wolves. There are two parts to it. Acts 1 and 2. And it was, in fact, played during the concert. I assume you know this album very well. False. Really? Do you know the story of this album? I know it as told by Ben Barton on 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Story is that Justin Vernon, who is the guy from Michigan on this, he was going through a rough patch and he had a breakup with his girlfriend and he had a breakup with his band and he kind of had nothing going on. And so he decided to go and spend the, the season, including the winter, in his like father or grandfather's hunting shack way up north in Wisconsin the whole winter. And in that time, he wasn't planning on doing any music, but found that the music was coming. And he started recording songs in probably four-track format. Like a Tascam. Something like that. And, you know, he would occasionally get people to come through and record their part on it. It's one of those, we've talked about it before, where it's one of those pieces of music where you can kind of feel the season in it. And maybe it's because I know the story, but this is wintertime music. It's quiet. It's sparse. I think all of it's falsetto. And it's just so sensitive and quiet. And it was a giant, enormous, huge, critical and commercial success. I think it was commercial success. But among nerds, uh, music nerds like you and me, this album is... Seminal. And it, it completely, you know, relaunched his entire career, obviously. So wait, was this like a demo? That was like one of the things that... Was this like a demo that then became an album? Or did they just like release what he did in the... In the- this was not a demo. I, as far as I know, this wasn't a demo. This was just him recording music. Maybe he, he treated it like a demo later, but this is the stuff that actually got recorded up in the cabin. Huh. That's awesome. From a drums perspective. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. There's a little bit of like a pots and pans effect going on. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got resonator guitar. And all this voice. And also, there's a hint of auto-tune in some of these notes in the voice. And that's important for the story of where we're going hmm. with this guy. 
Wait, can I ask you a question? You said yeah. resonator guitar. Is that yeah. is that like the dobro that is in Romeo and Juliet? Is that the same thing? It's like a metal guitar? Yeah. What is that? Well, it's interesting because I talked about it last night with your brother in <laughs> okay. the ill-fated Dire Straits episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, but what it is, is it's a metal guitar. And the idea behind it is that um, because instead of directing all the vibrations into the wooden top of the guitar by the bridge it directs all the vibrations into a special uh, metallic I think it's metal cone that will then amplify the sound a little better than you would expect to have it amplified uh, if it were just wood have to declare this is his very best album or their very best album mm -hmm. and this is their very best song mm -hmm. skinny love come on skinny love just lay Which is the song that turned me on to it. It's the song that has had more plays by this guy than anyone, any other song. Hmm. And it's the song that Mary didn't hear in the concert and therefore would never forgive Justin Vernon. He didn't play the song, and so he's dead to her, according to Mary. Oh, no. Wow. But it's, again, that, you know, that resonator guitar, and it's not a lot of tracks going. Listen. Mm -hmm. And I told you to be patient, and I told you to be fine, and I told you to be balanced, and I told you to be kind, and in the morning. So okay, I'm 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 doing a little bit of side research, and the guy who played drums when you saw him, his name is Sean Carey. Can I just tell you a little fun fun tidbit? Yeah, please. In 2007, Carey graduated from the University of Wisconsin Eau Claire with a performance degree in classical percussion. That same year, upon hearing through mutual friends that Justin Vernon was planning on forming a band, he listened to "For Emma Forever Go" on MySpace until he had learned all the songs. And I'm told he said they weren't just good songs, they were great, interesting, unique. It's a beautiful album. So I spent two weeks holed up in my bedroom with laptop, headphones, and notebook, and I wrote down all the drum parts and learned all the lyrics, melodies, and harmonies. When the band I was in opened for Justin at his first show as Bon Iver, I told him I knew all his songs and I wanted to play with him. And I just want to say to all the aspiring drummers out there, that's what you do. If you want to be in a band, that's what you do. You learn all the parts, and then you tell the person, I can play your music, and then... If you can say that with conviction, and it's really true, you have a chance. So, good for Sean Carey. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we have an announcement, a question for the audience. Uh, the drummer is ill and can't perform. Is there anybody out there in the audience who happens to know every one of these songs who could come up and play these songs with us tonight? 
happens sometimes. I learned, I learned the, this lesson from Sandy Gennaro, who was one of my drum teachers at the Drummers Collective. And he did this for his audition for Cindy Lauper. He uh, learned all the songs, you know, spent, you know, days in a room with a notebook and his drumsticks and the rewind button until he figured out what was happening in all the parts, transcribed all the songs, practiced playing along to him. And then he went for his audition and killed it. And then he went on tour with Cindy Lauper for several years. It's awesome. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> anyway. So that album was a huge success for Emma forever ago, sometimes just called For Emma. Mm-hmm. And the big question that I had after that, when his second album came out, I say his, but really I should be saying their second album, Bon Iver. When that came out, mm-hmm. I was very interested to hear what would happen because you kind of know... Okay, that last one was just such a huge success, it couldn't possibly work a second time, right? What's this other album going to be like? And I'll play you a couple of things. I, I feel like at the time I was a little disappointed. Not everybody felt that way. I'm going to play you this hmm. one song called Holocene. This song is super popular. I think it's his second most popular song on a streaming platform that we use. <laughs> is like generally richer it's less bare bones and I feel like and and this is the theme that's going to be the through line for our discussion about all these albums but like he was an I don't know about if he was a nobody but he was definitely like an unknown Mm -hmm. you know trying to make music in Wisconsin Mm -hmm. okay and he had this giant mega hit and so what was he going to do? Was he going to try to make like the next album that'd be exactly like the same? Couldn't do that. I mean, I mean, he wouldn't be the first that tried right? right. or that was instructed. Make me another one. Just like that last one. Yeah. 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 Do it again. But that was never going to happen. You know, he, he didn't, he wasn't in a place where the desperation and hopelessness of his and coldness of the winter in Wisconsin mm-hmm. is evident in that first album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is a different time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's just not going to be there. So. Mm, that's lovely. Do you know the song? No, I don't know any of these songs. <laughs> Interesting. You're doing a great job of convincing me that I need to spend more time with Bon Iver. Well, let's see if you but agree. I like I like what I'm hearing. And, you know, like one of the conceits of our show is that sometimes people will listen to us to learn about new music that they might like if we share what we like about it. And that's happening now with you and me. So, Well, I'm glad. I don't want this I don't want to have a spoiler here yeah but I wonder how you'll feel when we get to the 
most recent album. Okay. Because the the story of how this band's career moves is one of departure away from that super popular thing that really resonated with me. This album, I'll play you another song from it. And all of the songs on on this album are named for places. Mm. This song Holocene is the name of a bar in, I don't know if it's Eau Claire or one of those Wisconsin towns. Mm-hmm. Here's one um, called Hinnom, Texas. Mm. All the songs are place names. Mm. This song is notable because all of the rhythm, and there are multiple rhythmic uh, frequencies that are happening, are just in the vibrato, or I don't think technically that's vibrato, but it's tremolo or... In the first of I think it is tremolo. Hmm. All of the rhythm. There's no drums here. Body's red. Very sparse. It's almost something like Bjork-like here for me. Interesting. It's like, yeah. it's kind of out there a little bit or some, or experimental a little bit or. Yeah. And, and I love that because you're, you're already at where I'm trying to get, which is <laughs> that there's an innovative quality to what he's doing. It doesn't always land with me. Some mm-hmm. of it does, but it doesn't always. And I think he gets the further away he gets from that cabin in Wisconsin, the mm-hmm. further away he gets to what resonates for me, which is unfortunate because, you know. I think the guy is really, really interesting and and, and inventive. Like, um, <laughs> where, wherever he went from that first album, every time he went somewhere new, he knew he couldn't try to redo or actually redo what he did before. Mm-hmm. And so he's inventing and being original. Mm-hmm. And so even if it's not for me, mm-hmm. right, I really admire somebody who can do something new, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. And, re- and repeatedly. Right. And then he's got, there's interesting things, like the last album called Bon Iver has all of the songs are place names. The next album, which is called um, 22 A Million, 22 comma a million. Every song begins with a uh, numerical digit, <laughs> except for like triple underscore 45, triple underscore. <laughs> I think it's triple underscore 45, quadruple underscore. <laughs> I see that. Yeah. Um, the one I want to play is 10 death breasts, but it kind of looks like deathbed, bed rest. Right. Eat. There's something strange happening with capitals and the rest fonts or something. Right. And the, you know, the other song that I might play from this is um, 715 Creeks, where the E's in Creeks are actually, uh, what are those? Those are Sigmas, right? And every single song has some little treatment on... Like they've got a lot of extra like emojis, like uh, Unicode characters in the titles of the song, like a downward arrow or some a, of which don't even translate to prominent uh, streaming platforms. Sometimes, <laughs> in my case at least, I see like the weird—I don't know what that symbol is. Symbol. 
It's kind of funny. The title of the song ends in two dice emojis that are the number five. Got it. Okay. Not gonna tell you no so I get I get like the vibe I'm picking up on is like tremendous creativity, originality. It seems like a preference for artistic expression over over guaranteed commercial success. Yeah, that, I think that's, that's admirable. Yeah. You know, so many bands, and I think the age-old question, guys, covered this. Maybe even first, like, can you write a great piece of music over the age of forty? Yeah, I, I forget what the final conclusion was, but one of the reasons they cited that one might not be able to do that is because once you've written enough great material yeah. to be notable, mm-hmm. holding on to that thread of success and popularity is almost impossible to do if you stick to what you did before it's going to be stale and if you go somewhere new it's not going to resonate with the people that loved you for what you did before and so mm-hmm. you're, you're sort of doomed either way you go mm-hmm. and he's decided to go this other way this way of um invention and creativity and mm. Let me play this other song, 715 Creeks, with the with the Sigma characters for the E's. Sure. Down along the creek. Oh, there's definitely some auto-tune here. So what's interesting about this song is that it is auto-tune, but it's multiple different harmonic notes being sung. And they're not all moving in the same direction. There's a contrapuntal component to it. You can hear it. Like, there are different lines being sung. It's all auto-tune. It's clearly the same input material. He's not singing it multiple times. It's like one vocal input being expressed in multiple different notes, multiple really complex harmonies sometimes. I mean, it almost sounds like there's some kind of like vocoder action going on here. Is that, you know, like vocoder auto-tune? Be a Russian kissing on a night, second to last. Ham on the pan. It's all <laughs> going ham on the pan. Like, there's a lot, there's, there's, there's a form, there's like a kind of recording engineering creativity happening here. Can you hear the parallels? Maybe it's hard because you've just now listened for the first few times, but this melodic line... That's all very Bon Iver to me. But it's just treated instead of with resonator guitar and um, falsetto uh, four track. It's highly treated. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was listening to this um, prior to the concert and thinking, how on earth are they going to reproduce this? <laughs> did they? They did. They did? They did. That's really wild. well. That's wild. In a live at the concert, I was thinking, "Oh, I get it. The machine can decode that into, you know, a sample on the fly, and you can just play the notes on a on the keyboard as to how you want them expressed." I'm pretty sure, like what you're describing, is like how a vocoder works. I'm pretty sure it's like singing and then processed through a synth that's changing it 
to what you're playing on the synth. Yeah, but that's tonal. That's like a tonal, a tonal thing. This is like a sampled, like it's making a sample on the fly and yeah. feeding you back yeah. in multiple different notes simultaneously. Right. I think that that's different than a vocoder. <laughs> so I don't was really he singing know. and playing a keyboard simultaneously? And then it was hard to see, Bill. Okay. And I'll explain kind of the, how it went. And maybe I should do that now. Like, got it. The story of our trip to this concert, and we really enjoyed going. Mm-hmm. We got there pretty early and we got up real close to the stage. Mm -hmm. The opening act was super loud. We were standing right in front of one of the sort of stacks of giant, enormous stacks of speakers. And it was an impressive amount of volume coming Mm -hmm. from there. Mm -hmm. And then they set up Bon Iver and Mary and I were so overwhelmed by the volume of the sound that was coming out. It was, I've never heard anything that loud. (laughs) loud and clear right it was super clear there was no distortion anywhere but it was so fucking loud dude maybe it's the the difference between like you know a PA system that's going to be inside with reverb natural reverb being indoors and then the PA system that's outside broadcasting across the four river do you know what I mean like there's nowhere for the sound to go yeah well I gotta tell you that it managed to get to the back no problem and yeah. i can tell you that because that's where after went. a few songs i told mary i was like mary i gotta go because i could hear my eardrum rattling a little bit yeah, yeah, was, my good. ears were distorting not the sound but huh. my ears were wow and she was like no problem <laughs> she could feel um and you've you're familiar with this but like i've never have i felt it to this extent our clothing was being rattled by the bass from the coming from the sound system. Wow. Yeah. I think it's good that you moved. Right. So we moved to the back and while we were there, we encountered some other school parents. Oh, Ben and Carrie Alsop were there because they're super freaking cool. Of course, they're going to be at the Bon Iver concert with their hipster Massachusetts friends. (laughs) And we got to meet them and that was a lot of fun. And I was like, okay, this feels a little more like my territory way at the back. <laughs> it was still loud. Uh-huh. But the thing was that I was either too close to really see what was happening or too far with my terrible old man eyes to see what was happening. So if you were, if you were close, you could see, but you couldn't, you couldn't deal with it in your ears. And if you're far away, you could hear it comfortably, but you couldn't see. That's, a, that's the aging process, people. I feel like um, we need to call Ben out because he has listened to the podcast. Oh, really? He's a, yeah. And I told him that we were going to do this episode and he's like, oh, I'll check it out. But I'll tell you what, I'm not sure he's one of the very besties, Bill, because <laughs> I feel like he's a huge Steely Dan fan. And uh, maybe we turned him off with our lackluster love endorsement. Right. Lackluster Steely Dan endorsement. Plus, um, we failed to get the right songs. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But maybe the Bunny Bear episode we can turn them around if I don't screw up the reporting on this thing. So, we've made it through some of these songs to 2016. Mhm. Okay, a full 8 years after for Emma. Mhm. And he's going ever further away, still with that thread of there's a thread the autotune thing was in for Emma, right? And here it is, you know, with, we don't know if it's vocoder or what it is, like modern, I've never heard it to this extent, Mm -hmm. I don't think, vocoder, Mm -hmm. and totally was reproduced very faithfully on stage. Mm -hmm. 
And then the next album, and I think it's the most recent studio album. Do you know when that one came out? This one was 2016. Okay. The, the last one we just now heard, the one that was called, um, it's called 22 comma a million. Yeah. Now, with the next album, mm-hmm. he continues with the sort of cryptic E.E. Uh, e. Cummings style titles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called I comma I, styled lowercase, just I, 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 I comma I, mm-hmm. no space. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the album. I comma I. Yep. That's genius. Most of the concert was material from this album and the previous one. Well, this one came out in 2019. Yeah. You would have enjoyed listening to this drummer because I don't think he was just playing drums. Like the the drum set, it took me a while to figure out that he was the drummer Mm -hmm. because he was doing so much other shit with other, like he had a weird um, anvil case style thing in front of him that I was really not in a position to be able to see. I don't know what was in that box, but maybe it was like sampled drum noises or like he's triggering samples or something. He's also the supporting vocalist. So he must have been singing. Did a lot of singing. As you remember, I once declared a hot take that all good drummers sing. (laughs) Not all good drummers sing well, but he must sing well enough to get the mic. Point proven. Here's a song called Hey Ma. Hey, comma, Ma. This is not a slight on Bon Iver, and it isn't um, me being ungrateful for the tickets that you donated to the uh, cause for this episode. Well, I mean, I sent you I sent you on a research assignment. Right. Okay, well, in that case, I feel like I can safely report that I did enjoy myself. I'm not sure that I loved the music of this concert. Maybe you wish he played more of the original I mean, we've already stated work. that, you know, my eyes betray the fact that I am old now, and I think that that's a classic old guy trait. Like, why don't you play the old stuff? And, you know. <laughs> Tell the story or it I just, I said earlier that Mary yeah. won't forgive him for not playing Skinny Love, that song that we both love right. a lot. Dude, what do you think in terms, let me ask you a, a, a side question, and it's not going to be like, Tell me what this, how this song speaks to you, but it's more like, because <laughs> I know you love that one. No, but like, when do you put on Bon Iver? Like, what are you doing? Are you driving? Are you mowing the lawn? Are you napping in the hammock? What is like the, are you working? I could totally listen to it while working. I uh-huh. think one of the requirements for music to work by is that you are so familiar with it that you can kind of tune it out as necessary mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it's not going to be distracting mm-hmm. I used to do calculus homework to Big Head Todd and the Monsters <laughs> how'd you do in your calculus class I got a B plus okay B plus <laughs> I was happy it was a hard class I, I earned that B plus it was not an easy B plus <laughs> anyway I like this song uh, yeah Emma. Emma. Here comes some drum action. I hear the drums coming in, and they're like you singing the like. It, it, there is a connection to that old material. Mm-hmm. It sort of strikes me as like very ethereal, soundscapey. a kid 
And I was listening to like Baba O'Reilly and Won't Get Fooled Again mm. and all those crazy synth tracks that we were talking about when we talked about The Who. I remember thinking in 1952, you could never have envisioned Won't Get Fooled Again synthesizer solo, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That would have been music from the future. Mm-hmm. And when I listen to this stuff, I think, this is closer to music from the future mm. than anything else that I know of, really, mm-hmm. right? Let me talk to One of the things I was thinking when I was at the concert was a person from 1972 would be in this would be in this show and thinking where is this music coming from and how are they doing it and why are people treating it as if this is normal Mm -hmm. because it's unlike anything that we have back in 1972. Hmm. Which is the same Mm -hmm. that you would have had 50 years before 1972. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of innovation. I give him credit for moving into the future hmm. with his with his career and with the music. It's bold, you know. He had to do something, and he couldn't do what he did before. But he managed to do something that carried the thread from where he was before hmm. into where he is now. Hmm. So, is it decided, Waldron? Dude, it's decided, and the proclamations are these. The very best album for Bon Iver, mm-hmm. which is how I choose to pronounce it, is For Emma, Forever Ago, 2008. Just a music nerd's favorite album. Like, a whole new generation of music nerds were born with that album, I think. I love it. I'm going to pay more attention to that record than I have. Thanks to you and Ben Barton. The song Skinny Love is my favorite. And I think that maybe like if if you already knew that album, you might think that that's the pedestrian choice because I think that that is the most played song. Mm-hmm. But it's for a reason, man. The song is freaking good. Cool. And so those are my proclamations. All right. Well, get in touch. Very besties. How should they get in touch? We have so many ways to get in touch. You can follow us on Twitter at their very best. Oh. You can follow us on Instagram at their very best. You can follow us on Facebook by looking up the their very best page. You can send us an email or, or several emails. You can write to contact <laughs> at their Or if you find you've heard something you found completely erroneous and fallacious, false or false. You can write to us at wrong at theirverybest.com. Right. And Dude, I think before, sorry to interrupt, before the next episode, false at theirverybest.com is going to have to be a... Let's create false at theirverybest yeah. post-haste. Right. Um, we have a website, theirverybest.com, and we have playlists for each episode. You can track down that episode on the webpage and listen to the songs that we talked about in the episode... that's just handy and we do a better job of updating the spotify playlists than the apple playlist but we aspire to do both and they're awesome while you listen to those playlists you should leave us a review and not just the five stars and it has to be five stars only please but but we need a review like you gotta you gotta give us a review with five stars and that really helps a lot so we're gonna do more of these so beware watch out 
We'll be offering more unsolicited wrong opinions in the near future. I'm Bill. And I'm Waldron. And thanks for listening to Their Very Best. Ship it.